Welcome to Love Your Heart, brought to you by Cleveland Clinic's Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute. These podcasts will help you learn more about your heart, thoracic, and vascular systems, ways to stay healthy, and information about diseases and treatment options. Enjoy. Hello, my name is Natalie Salvatore. I'm a registered nurse within the Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute in Cleveland Clinic, and I am joined here. Yes, hello, good afternoon. My name is Dennis Burma. I'm a staff cardiologist in the Department of Cardiology in the Heart, Vascular, and Thoracic Institute at Cleveland Clinic. Thank you so much for joining me today. So we wanted to talk a little bit today about starting your New Year's goals. So it's now the new year and a fresh start. What advice would you have for our patients for setting some great goals for the year? Yes, thank you, Natalie. So I think that's that's a great question, obviously. We always have the famous New Year's resolution. We, of course, encourage lifestyle and behavior change and nutrition and activity throughout the year, so not just on January 1. So I think it's important first to make a conscientious effort to realize that someone wants to make change. And um, I think that is a really critical step, and obviously New Year's is, is, is a good opportunity to do that. Now, I would categorize this in two parts. One are people who actually have for example, weight-related problems like having elevated blood pressure, having high blood sugars or diabetes or having high cholesterol versus people who don't have those risk factors because they need to be handled a little bit separately. Patients who have the associated risk factors obviously need to talk to their physicians to get those three risk factors appropriately taken care of in addition to making important lifestyle modifications. Whereas those people who don't have any of those risk factors um, can sort of start by themselves and start to make some important change. But I think it's important to be screened for these risk factors because they're so common. Um, patients with weight-related problems or just sedentary lifestyle have much more commonly elevated blood pressure, cholesterol problems, or an elevated blood sugar. This is very common. Diabetes as a complication from weight-related problems is very common in the United States. We currently have about 50%, so half of the U.S. population, has diabetes or pre-diabetes, so it's important to be screened. We have one out of five teenagers now with a diagnosis of prediabetes. So making these changes, I think, is really important. And being screened for these associated risk factors that may ultimately then translate to future heart problems. So that's why this is so important. So what do we recommend? <clears throat> I think it's, it's very reasonable to accept that our overall lifestyle in our country um, leaves room for much improvement. You know, we have currently about 60 to 70% of our diet is processed or ultra-processed food. So that means we can't even recognize the strawberry anymore in, in, in the food that we're actually eating if we have strawberries in anything, be it the yogurt, be it whatever. So, so I think um, moving away from more healthy dietary choices fruits and vegetable, 
lean protein, plant-based nutrition, fiber-rich meals, less of the sugary meals, the, the donuts, the muffins, the cookies, right? So, and the pastas and the pizzas and the burgers and the fries, just to name a few. Those are, you know, there's nothing green in there. So those are not, um, those are typically not healthy nutrition. And we recommend five servings of fruits and vegetable per day. Those are the recommendations for for vast majority of people, which is, that's a lot. And But when you start doing that, you're actually starting to replace some of those other unhealthy choices. So I think making a real conscientious effort to, to include some of those changes, fruits, vegetable, lean protein, nuts, grains, whole grains, and um, fiber-rich meals. You know? I think... Um, <clears throat> And if you think about this, what I've just mentioned, you won't get much of that in the typical fast food chains that are out there. So um, shifting a little bit more over to home cooking, to um, preparing meals yourself. If you go out to restaurants, typically portion size or much larger can share a meal as a couple, for example, and say, okay, I want some more vegetable in that, maybe some chicken, lean protein, fish, less red meat, and then share a portion because the portion sizes are typically huge. Um, you're almost expected to take something home. Right? Mm -hmm. so, um, so those are some of the nutritional recommendations. Of course, then we encourage physical activity, um, which is well, the more the better. No, and um, but I think to a minimum, we like um, people to engage in you know thirty minutes of we call it moderate intensity activities. So that means more like a brisk walk, or it's okay to be out of breath. Okay, that's the goal. It's okay to get a little sweat on your forehead, and um, you should do that ideally at least five times a week. That that's a lot. You know? So, but those are the, the 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 physical activity recommendations. Okay, do you need to go when you start working out or when you just have not been doing much activity and you move? Say, okay, I want to make some change. Do you need to go to the gym and really start? You know, 120 minutes on the treadmill. No, I think just setting an initial goal to be more active is, is quite appropriate. So I think the, the 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 nutrition and the activity are important, but also it's very important to be screened for the cardiovascular risk factors, which are so common um, out there. Starting a you know, healthier eating plan and an exercise plan sounds like it could be pretty daunting if that has not been on your radar before. What would your advice be to a patient who is looking to get healthier on how to start? So you mentioned screening. What other tips about kind of diving into the healthy eating and the exercise? I think the first, as I said, the most important step is the first step. Okay. Well, how do I get going? What do I need to do? I think Start walking, for example, is good exercise. It's it's cheap. You know, go into the neighborhood, go into the park, start walking, and replace some of those not so healthy food choices with some healthier choices. I think when we look 
deep into ourselves, we kind of all know where we're, where we cheat. Okay, we're, you know, so think about that, you know, be it the late night snacks or the, the frequent meals in between or the craving for carbohydrates. You know, I think, I think we kind of know, everyone sort of knows, well, this is something I could do better. Okay, and then really make an effort to do that and, and replace unhealthy choices with healthier choices. If you're hungry in between, it's okay to snack on carrots or, or, or you know, even a small granola bar or so, some fiber-rich meals, but then it will avoid the really unhealthy things a little bit more. So we tend to encourage patients, get started, make it a habit, and make it a routine and then keep going, okay? And it's okay to obviously go on the scale and say, okay, I want to lose weight. I'm going to weigh myself every day. I'm going to have a little piece of paper next to the scale. I'm gonna record my weight, having the, the idea of actually being accountable, okay? So I'm in charge. This is my health. This is my weight and I wanna make a change. And then try to lose. Start by trying to lose one pound per week, for example. Okay. Say, okay, I'm going to this week is my good week. I'm going to make a start and I will replace all those bad things and I will start being active and you, you won't see you're going to lose a weight and if one pound of weight. And if you do that over three months, you know, it'll add up. But you don't need to, you know, have a dramatic weight loss in the first week. I mean, it helps for, for the personal success feeling to have a more rapid weight loss initially. But the overall goal should be five pounds, um, sorry, 5% of body weight, total body weight to lose, to improve. That yields a significant improvement in most of the cardiovascular risk factors. And if our patients do have some of these cardiovascular risk factors and are interested in getting started, do we have any resources here where they could find guidance and help? I think certainly if, if patients have cardiovascular risk factors, those typically include an elevated blood pressure, um, elevated cholesterol, um, pre-diabetes, diabetes, or even weight-related problems. Um, we have a cardiometabolic center um, that we run and where we look at those risk factors and where we treat those risk factors. We do this in collaboration with our colleagues in primary care and family medicine, as well as in endocrinology. We have joint programs with endocrinology to work together. And, and of course, we see a, a large number also of patients with more complicated problems that are like heart-related disease, like coronary artery disease, heart failure, and manage those risk factors leading to those as well. So starting early and getting those risk factors under control is, 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 is very important and ultimately may protect from heart problems. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to discuss with us and our listeners about starting fresh in the new year and how to set some good goals for a healthy 2023. Of course, Natalie. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. 
please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen at clevelandclinic.org slash loveyourheartpodcast. podcast.